Welcome to the MP3 Podcast, Mastering Personality, Perspective, and Productivity, where we believe you need a stronger foundation for a higher elevation. We invite you to listen as we talk about personality, to connect and to understand, perspective, to explore and shine, and productivity, to demonstrate and resolve. And now, your hosts, Ariel Kopak and Roger Wolkoff. What does paint the picture mean? It's a phrase that I use when helping someone to picture the future that they want to create. Think about the value of visualization. Why do people visualize? What is the reason for this being such a popular buzzword or trend these days? Think about it this way. If you can't create the reality first in your mind, how can you create the reality in your world? How can you know how to pursue something that you can't see? This is what it means to paint the picture. To see it in your mind first, paint it with all of the colors, all of the details that you can, and then work to create it. It Makes me think of those street artists who do those incredible spray paint paintings And as they're going through it, you're thinking, you're messing it up. What are you doing? How is this possibly going to look good? This is going to be terrible. Oh no. Oh no, they just messed it up. And then at the end, they reveal and you can see the entire picture and you're thinking, how do they do that? But they knew that when you thought they were messing up the picture, they knew a perfect part of the process to create the masterpiece that they were striving to create because they could see it even though you could not. So you visualize in your mind first. You paint the picture in your mind first. And then you create it in your reality. This is a powerful tactic used by many successful people, success being defined by whatever that means for you, to create the reality that they want to design. So you design it first. You paint the picture in your mind first. And then you have more clarity of how to create it. And when others think that you're screwing up, you know you're right on track because only you can see your picture. Quote to help illustrate this is by Dennis Wheatley. When you visualize, then you materialize. Let's jump into a little bit of some personal storytelling to help to illustrate this concept. Roger, you shared that you have a personal story of visualization. And I'd love for you to share that story about what it meant for you to visualize in order to materialize. Thank you, Ariel. I love the topic. I really do. This visualization piece, when you visualize, then you materialize. I was a little short on the materialize side. (laughs) I had a colleague, good friend of mine, Lisa Robb, and she said, you know what you need, Roger? You need some visualization with me. And I said, really? Because I was kind of skeptical. I was. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know where this was going to take it. And she said, let's be open. And I said, okay, fine. I'll be open. And maybe some of our listeners have had this experience. So I'll cut to the chase of the story where she said, I want you to be calm, right? Bring an open mind to this. And then she said, I want you to picture yourself floating above the earth (laughs) and you're just calm. All is calm, right? So she was trying to create this floating experience and it took much longer than I'm explaining right now. So in this process, here I am floating above the earth. (laughs) I'm like, where are we going with this? (laughs) Because right now I'm not materializing or visualizing a doggone thing except me out in space looking down in the big blue ball. And then she said, okay, we're going to talk about tethering yourself back to earth 
And wherever you're going to land, I want you to describe exactly what you're seeing, whatever comes to you. And it was so vividly clear to me. I couldn't believe it. You want to know where I landed? Yes. I landed on a beach, right? Mm. And I'm like, what? But I was open to it. And I looked around and I really wasn't questioning anything. And I looked around and I could hear the water. I could see the beach. As I'm walking, I'm walking up to this house on a beach and it had a dark open deck, like this nice brown, rich deck. And I'm walking up to it and I'm smiling. I just remember feeling so content. And as I'm walking up, I thought, well, how did I get here? And that's kind of where we went with it. There's another piece to it that I'll share in just a sec. But then when I was talking to Lisa about why was I seeing this? What does this beach have to do with anything? And I realized it was kind of an end goal for me, right? It described a lot of the goals I wanted and a lot of the things that I valued. Pleasure, relaxation, contentment, at peace, and all that. Then I started to think about, well, how did I get here? Right? So the story in my head was whatever I'm doing now was going to get me to that place. So how do I get to that place? How do I get to the beach, whether it's metaphorically or literally? How do I get that in my life? And it was such an aha moment for me. And people talk about creating vision boards, visualize this, visualize that. But what it meant to me was that whatever journey I'm on right now, becoming an expert in emotional intelligence, talking about connection, talking about all that kind of stuff, that was what was going to bring me to the beach, to that house, to that moment. So call it whatever you want. I call it my visualization moment. And the materialized part is what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. I know it's a house on the beach, not necessarily a lighthouse, but it sounds like your lighthouse. I never thought about it that way, Earl. You're right. Yeah. Call it that. That is a great analogy to describe it. That is what I'm going to, right? That is the beacon. That is what I felt called to. The other part that I promised I was going to come to was Lisa asked me, okay, now describe that tether or that bond that brought you from above the earth back down to where you were. And there were colors that I never thought about before, like a rich, deep purple, like a royal blue, and there was like a lavender type color. And which is really odd because my favorite color is red. I'm a primary colors <laughs> kind of guy. And I'm like, what are these colors doing in my world? <laughs> but I went with it. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I still see it. And what I did was the way that I saw it materializing or manifesting itself, taking the visual to the material, I asked my daughter to create a uh, friendship bracelet for me out of those colors. So we went and picked out the colors. She made the friendship bracelet for me and she still has it and we're going to fit it. And that is what I'm going to be wearing to remind me about how to make my vision, my visualization a reality. I love it. Absolutely love it, Roger. I think that's a prime example of how a visualization can help clarify how to achieve what you want, right? How to pursue it. If you can picture it, it's real. So the thing is, who knows if that house externally exists, but for you, it's very real. It is so real and tangible. I can feel myself walking in the sand up to it. And there are all kinds of great feelings that I get associated with it. I get that feeling in my gut or however you may feel it, however others may feel it, but I know it's right. Mm -hmm. I totally know it's right. And so for me, it's really interesting because that's the visual part. I visualize it that way. And what was really interesting, you had a story you shared with me about your visualization experience, yet there's a little twist to it. What was yours? Yes. So for my visualization experience, I was in a room being led in a similar capacity to you uh, during my neurolinguistic programming training. And this leader, trainer, was having me visualize 
being in a future state. So I had shared something that I wanted in the future, right? A position I wanted, a a leadership role, something I wanted to create, do for people. And he had me visualize it, say, what do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? It's a tactic to kind of help to put you in that place. And as I started to describe it, he started to ask me questions. It made it real. And what started happening was my feet started shuffling. And so we got through the exercise and afterwards he said to everyone, he said, what was the number one thing that you saw from Ariel? And they said, her feet shuffling. And I said, I couldn't stop myself from running towards it. I was so excited about that reality that I wanted to pursue it right away. But think about the difference of not being in that state versus being in that state. That's one of the powerful things about visualization is it makes it real and therefore it makes it something that you can pursue. And I wanted to pursue it so badly that my body was responding, saying, let's go, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) And afterwards, he said, how do you feel? And I said, well, now I've lost my patience. I want it now. (laughs) (laughs) And I think in retrospect, my response was, okay, well, I actually still know that it's something I still want to pursue in the future for the future. But that visualization practice brought it into the present for me emotionally and mentally. It made it real and it solidified it in a different way, I think, in my mind. It's one thing to think about something and it's another thing to actually picture it. I think that's it the is. painting the picture, making it real, not just as a concept, but as something you can see, you can hear, you can feel the emotions associated with it. You can fully picture it to the point of being able to pursue it because how can you reach something that you can't see? How can you hit the target if you don't know where the target is? Exactly. And I love how you described that you experienced it differently, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about a visualization exercise that you were open to the experience, how it came to you, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing that you talked about was how you accepted it. (laughs) I think you and I both were talking about how we accepted it into our lives. Is it worth exploring why sometimes people don't accept it into their lives? Certainly. Well, I think one piece that you and I, in sharing our stories, were acknowledging that we had some help, right? We had someone leading us through that exercise, guiding us through. And I think that it takes a lot of ownership and a lot of responsibility to do that for yourself. There is an aspect of someone else asking the questions and helping to visualize. There is undoubtedly a benefit to that. But there's a lot of visualization that we can do on our own. It's an ongoing practice and skill set that we can develop. So I think part of it is just the lack of awareness of the potential power of it, the benefit and the value. I think on the other hand, whether you know that or not, if you know it intuitively or you know it from experience, whether you know that or not, speaking of responsibility, there is, I believe, inherent accountability that comes with clarity. When you have clarity on your picture, when you've painted your picture to the point where you can see it, one, it takes away a lot of the excuses and the ambiguity. Right. You can pursue it with a lot more clarity. So there's accountability there. But then also, once we embrace that we can visualize the future we want to create and we can then pursue it, we are acknowledging the power that we actually have. And we're acknowledging that we have the power to pursue the future that we desire. And with that, there comes a bit of acknowledgement of we are responsible for our own reality. That doesn't mean that there aren't components to Our situation does not mean that we're in control of everything externally, but it does mean that we are acknowledging further our own 
power. And I think that that is scary to acknowledge how much power we have. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Was, <laughs> it's scary that, oh my gosh, I have some responsibility here. <laughs> and the other word that came up for me was trust, right? Believing in what you're experiencing and being authentic with it, because that is a mm-hmm. true, real feeling. And I love what you said. We've talked about clarity so many times, and I'm going to harken back to what you started with in the opening with the street artist in the picture. They trust and they know, they know with conviction what the end result is going to be. They know what Mm -hmm. the reveal is going to be. And other people are on the sidelines questioning. Yes. Oh my gosh, what's going on here? What's that going to be? Really? Are they an artist? You got to be kidding me. Or no, like you said, you said they're messing it up. Uh And in my mind, I'm on the sidelines cheering. No, no, no. They're going to get it. You're going to get it. And that's the kind of cheerleading that I want for other people. I want other people to have that in their heads when they're like, Mm -hmm. when they have that moment of clarity that they're like, oh yeah, no, believe this, believe this. This is a good thing. If it feels right and it's what you're seeking, trust the process and trust Mm -hmm. that what you're going to get to that picture that's going to come or that feeling or that kinesthetic feeling that you were talking about, Mm -hmm. however it comes to you, trust it. And that was to kind of close the loop on my experience was what I ended up doing was trusting it, believing in it enough that I see it every day, that I'm willing to wear it around my wrist <laughs> yes. as a reminder that it has such grounding. So that's really a neat way to approach it. There's something that you said there that I think is really important. I love that you brought up your response of, I'm the cheerleader. I'm the one saying, no, they're going to get it. They're going to get it. And it brings to light something that I think is really important when you visualize, when you have clarity on what you want to pursue or what your why is, what that picture is for you. Know that as you were describing, Roger, there's going to be your cheerleaders and there's going to be your critics and there's going to be your your worry warts and there's going to be all of those people on the sidelines. Right. And I think it's important to realize that, for example, with that, I think it was great that you brought up the different perspectives. When I'm on the sidelines watching the person, I'm thinking, oh no, they screwed it up. And I'm scared for them. I'm nervous for them. Yes. Right? I'm nervous that they screwed it up. Not like a, oh no, they screwed up their terrible artist, but a, oh no, I've, how can that result in something else? I'm scared that they just screwed it up. Even though I've seen it a thousand times, that thought <laughs> still comes up in my mind. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I always stop to watch those street artists because they just amaze me. And the more I see it, the more trust I have, right? So the more stories you hear of people visualizing it, seeing in their mind, and then pursuing it, the more evidence there is for believing in that, just as it is when I see those street artists and realize, okay, every single time it comes out a masterpiece. And so you start to trust in that more, but realize that there was people on the sidelines. We're going to have all different kinds of perceptions and fears. And sometimes the criticism that may come that when you share your vision, your visualization, what is that you pursue your beacon, there may be people who criticize that and know that not all of them are coming from a bad place. Some of them may be coming from a place of concern, worry. They don't want you to be disappointed or to not receive what you want. They're trying to make you cautious because when you share your vision, your picture, there's going to be a lot of different voices and influences along the way. And I think it's important to realize where those may be coming from and to not lose sight of your beacon just because of all of the people on the sidelines watching as you paint your picture. That's so true. Thank you. Thank you for bringing back my feet back to the ground because that's what I tend to do, right? I tend to be that enthusiastic cheerleader person. That's a little bit of how I'm wired. Which is wonderful. It is. It is. And it's great to have people like you and others in my life who will (laughs) bring my feet back to the ground. I love what you said there because two things. One, 
the more we do it, the more we become comfortable with it. I think that's a key piece, right? Because the first time we see it, the first time we see the street artist, the first time we encounter a visualization, we might have that fear, like they're not going to get it right, or this visualization really isn't me, right? That's the first time. But the more we experience it, or the more we have that conversation in our heads, the more comfortable we get with it. And the second piece I really enjoy that you brought in was the perspective that others have, right? And honoring and being aware of what the other people's perspective and what their contexts are, right? Because they may be seeing the street artist for the first time. They may be hearing about your visualization for the first time, right? I'm connecting the two. And they may not be comfortable with it. And it may be a little scary for them. So that's another great perspective to bring to the table. I love how you rounded that out. So kind of concluding with a piece that I want to bring up since we talked about initially it being a buzzword with visualization. A question that I get from a lot of business owners, leaders, and high-level professionals is, oh, don't talk to me about that. I call it frou-frou stuff. That's right. (laughs) I've heard the same thing. I love it. Yeah, frou-frou. It's it's too frou-frou for me. And I think that the perception that that is coming from is don't tell me that just by visualizing it, it's going to come true. It's the idea of don't live in dreamland. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live in dreamland. Right? I'm in business, driven, productive, all of those things. I don't have time to just go off and daydream. And I understand that perception. I think the key that is missed in that is it's one thing to dream and to daydream. It's another thing to dream so that you can see it and then pursue it. But right. if you're looking to see it, but not pursue it and expecting it to come to you without any effort put forth, I think that's sometimes the disconnect that can happen in these messages. And I want to make sure that 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 is clear that this is not about visualizing it, dreaming it, and then saying, okay, great, and not doing anything to pursue it. One, when you are visualizing it, you're creating that awareness in your mind so you can more see the opportunities when they come across in your world, in your range of sight. You can see those opportunities as contributing to that picture, right? It's like, oh, I need that paint color for these trees and I need this for that. You can start to see the opportunities to create the picture that you want to create. I think that's important, but it doesn't stop there. It's not stopping at visualization. It's about when you see those opportunities, you take them. You don't just say, oh, see, it came to me. I don't need to do anything about it. You take advantage of that opportunity. That's right. You pursue it. You paint that color, one might say, for going with the picture metaphor even further. So the action piece is not missed with visualization. It's clarifying what actions to take. I agree with you 100%. It comes down to choice, in my opinion. I'll take it to the exercise I went through. I could have accepted or not accepted the visualization that I had. I could have rejected it. That was a choice. And I like where you're going with what you were saying. If you have that visualization, if you have that dream, if you have that idea, it is your choice to make it material. It is your choice if you want to make that your reality. And I connect that to business. If you have a dream, if you have your own business or whatever job you're in, if you see a particular outcome and it speaks to you, then I agree with you. What are the next steps you're going to take to pursue it? That's what materialize means. If it doesn't resonate with you, then I would say don't do it. (laughs) Then don't act on it. Right. I love how you tied it back to the quote of when you visualize, then you materialize. And that is the accountability piece that we go back to of when you can see it, make it real. And if it's real for you, then you can make it true. That's my takeaway for the week. If you can't create the reality in your mind, 
you can't create your future. How about we put that in a positive term? If you can create the reality in your mind, you can create your future. Until next time, this is Ariel and Roger, helping you to master your personality, perspective, and productivity. Be sure to follow Ariel and Roger on your favorite social media channels and to rate the show highly where you listen to your podcasts. Now, Ariel and Roger have three asks of you. Share this with at least one person who may benefit from this content. Capture your three takeaways from this episode and visit www.mp3-podcast.com to subscribe to the podcast and to get contact information for your hosts along with their upcoming coaching and speaking events. Thanks for listening to MP3, Mastering Personality, Perspective, and Productivity, where we believe you need a stronger foundation for a higher elevation.